Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram. Instagram.com slash greatdetectives. If you're enjoying the podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. I do want to highlight that I am available currently on Cameo at cameo.greatdetectives.net. I took a little bit of a brief break for the holidays, but I'm available there to fulfill your request for special occasions. Now, if you do have any requests that you would like me to do before the end of the month, be sure to submit them before January 22nd. I will be taking another brief break from Cameo till the end of the month. Again, just go to cameo.greatdetectives.net and I can get that sort of thing recorded in advance. Well, now it is time for this week's episode of Mr. Chameleon. The original air date, March the 9th, 1940. And the title is The Case of the Elevator with Two Bodies. Next, Mr. Chameleon and The Case of the Elevator with Two Bodies. Tonight, we again present the famous Mr. Chameleon of Central Headquarters in his most famous cases of crime and murder, brought to you by the makers of genuine Bayer aspirin. Mr. Chameleon, as you all know, is the famous and dreaded detective of Central Police Headquarters who frequently uses a disguise or impersonation to confuse the criminals he is tracking down. In tonight's case, he appears in a particularly clever disguise, which the audience will at all times recognize. Tonight, we give you Mr. Chameleon in The Case of the Elevator with Two Bodies. There's nothing more impatient than a group of people in an office building waiting for an elevator which does not arrive. And on the sixth floor of such a building in the East Forties, four or five people are watching the indicator which shows the elevator has been stalled at the seventh floor. What's the matter with it anyway? What happened to Joe? He never had trouble with that elevator before. I wonder if anybody's in it besides Joe the elevator boy. I don't know, but I wish they'd step on it. Some service in this building. The other elevator busted, and now this one's stuck. Oh, it's moving. Thank heavens. Yeah, it's coming down to this floor. Look, the door is opening, but so slowly. Say, I wonder if something's the matter with Joe. Ah! Oh, he's covered with blood, and there's a woman lying on the floor. She's been stabbed. And now, a little later, we find Mr. Chameleon, the famous detective, kneeling in the elevator beside the dead woman's body, and he is saying to Detective Sergeant Dave Arnold, 
Stabbed to death, Dave. Stabbed three times in the chest by someone who must have been standing directly in front of him. And this elevator operator, Mr. Chameleon. A poor kid was stabbed in the back. Oh, where's that ambulance anyway? Why don't they come? Uh, they'd be too late. Trady's almost gone. He's just barely breathing. Joe. Your name is Joe, isn't it, kid? You hear me? Mm -hmm. Now, try and help us. Who was this woman? Who stabbed her and who stabbed you? Joe. Uh, seven. Oh, seven. Room 707. Room 707? Was that where you were taking this dead woman, or did she get on the elevator at the seventh floor? Joe. He... He's gone, Dave. Dead? Mm-hmm. Well, quite a cargo this elevator carried. Two murdered people and a murderer, of course. Only the murderer got away. Let me see that woman. Oh, please, please let me see her. I, I think I may know. I, I may know who she is. Mr. Chameleon, did you hear that? Yes. Uh, let her throw, please. I'm uh, Mr. Chameleon of Central Headquarters. I'm, I'm Mrs. Roger Denby. My husband has an office upstairs. On the seventh floor? Yes. Room 707? 707? Oh, no. No, that's an empty office. An empty office? That's odd. Mrs. Denby, do you know this murdered woman? Here, I'll raise her veil. Looks like an odd sort of person. Dark clothes and heavily veiled. <gasps> well? It's... It's Madame Lubin. Who is Madame Lubin? She's a very fine seamstress. She used to work for Colette. Colette has a, a fashionable dress shop on the seventh floor of this building, near my husband's office. You say used to work. Do you mean that she left Colette's employer? Yes, yes, some time ago. But she was such a good seamstress, I, I had her come to my house occasionally. She was there only yesterday. Oh, this is awful. Awful. Mrs. Denby, have you any idea who might have killed this, Madame Lubin? Oh, how on earth would I know who killed her, Mr. Chameleon? What sort of a question is that? Very good one. I have a great many questions I want to ask you, Mrs. Denby, and your husband and Colette. Everyone, in fact, who has offices on the seventh floor. Dave. Yes, Mr. Chameleon. You take Mrs. Denby to her husband's office? I'll join you there as soon as I've talked to Colette, the owner of the fashionable dress shop. And as I've said, Colette, Madame Lubin was found murdered in the elevator in this building. Mr. Chameleon, you mean Madame Lubin was murdered in this building, in our elevator? That's right, Colette. And the murderer, I suspect, is still in this building. Oh. Now, how long is it since Madame Lubin worked for you in your dress shop? About... A year. I understand you quarreled violently before she left your employer. Whoever said that is a liar. We had differences, that's all. I had to let her go. But you've seen her since. You saw her today. Who said so? Answer me. All right, since you know already. I saw her today. Colette, at what time did she leave? About 10.30. Yet she was not murdered until around 11.30. What was she doing during that hour? I don't know. Well, then you suspect. Oh, by the way, what is your real name, Colette? My name is Colette Lafleur, and I've got nothing to hide. Nothing. I have a high-class dress shop with a high-class clientele. Like Mrs. Roger Denbane? Yes, Mr. Chameleon, that is true. She was Rose Colby before she got married. The heiress? Is that so? I think Madame Lubin may have seen Mrs. Denby after she left here. Why do you think that? I will tell you what Madame Lubin said to me before she left here. Mm. She looked very happy and pleased with herself. Mm. She said she thought Mrs. Denby was going to make her a gift. A gift of money. Come along, Colette. Where to? 
to Roger Denby's office. I want you to repeat that in front of Mrs. Denby. many offices on this floor, are there, Colette? No, Mr. Chameleon, just a few. It's a small building. Uh, what about that one over there, room 707? What about it? I'm asking you. I... It's an empty office, that's all, Mr. Chameleon. It has been empty for months. Why are you interested? I am interested in every office on this floor, empty or otherwise, because two people, Madame Lubin and the elevator boy, were murdered in an elevator stopped at this floor. Well, here we are, Denby and Clark... Textile designers. Who's Clark? James Clark, Mr. Denby's partner. He's much younger and good-looking. Too good-looking. There's something about him that makes my skin crawl. Mm. Looking forward to meeting him. <laughs> Rose, Rose, darling, you've got to control yourself. I know it must have been a shock to see two murdered people, but you, you can't give way like this. Mr. Denby? yes. Oh, you must be Mr. Chameleon, the famous detective. My wife was telling me... Oh, Mr. Denby, this is terrible, is it not? Madame Lubin and the elevator boy murdered right here in this building. Yes, Colette, it's shocking. Sudden death is always shocking. And when two people are murdered... Oh, please, please, I can't stand anymore. My wife is really in a state, Mr. Chameleon. I, I, I'd like to take her home. Well, you can in just a moment, Mr. Denby. First... Where is your partner, James Clark? Oh, well, Jimmy stepped out to get some cigarettes. He hasn't come back. What time did he leave? Oh, about 11.15. In other words, just about the time of the murders. What, Mr. Camille? Now, now, look, you don't mean I that... simply mean, Mr. Denby, that I am extremely anxious to meet that young man, your partner. If he doesn't show up soon, I'll order him picked up. Secondly, Colette here has something interesting to tell you. Something that Madame Lubin said to her today. Go ahead, Colette. Madame Lubin told me, Mrs. Denby, that she was feeling very good. She expected you to give her a, a gift of money. A gift of money? Rose, what did she mean? Yes, Mrs. Denby, what did she mean? Answer me, why should you give Madame Lubin, the murdered woman, a gift of money? Madame Lubin did a lot of foolish talking that meant nothing. In many ways, she, she was a vicious, evil woman. She said a lot of things that no one could believe, a lot of things that must have been lies. And now don't ask me anymore. I just can't take it. I want to go home. I want to go home. And so you shall, darling. <laughs> Mr. Chameleon, in the name of decency... Yes, very well, Mr. Denby. You may take your wife home. Put her to bed and call a doctor. But tomorrow morning, when she's feeling better, I intend to talk to her again. Well, Mr. Chameleon, what do you make of it? This empty office, Dave? Oh, it's just an empty office. Bare walls, bare floors, no place to conceal anything. Mm. Yet something must have happened here in room 707, or that elevator boy wouldn't have mentioned it with his dying breath. Yeah, but I was really thinking of Mrs. Denby. What did you make of her? Uh, she knows much more than she's telling. That's one sure thing. Tomorrow morning, I... Dave, look at this. What is it? An empty match folder with J.C. on the cover. James Clark, probably. He's the handsome young man who's Denby's partner, and I... Oh, watch it, Mr. Chameleon. Someone's trying the door. They're coming in. 
Come in, Mr. Clark. Are you looking for this match, Folter? I imagine you dropped it earlier in the day. Who are you? My name is Chameleon. The famous detective. Well, listen, Mr. Chameleon, I don't know anything about it. Uh, That double murder, I mean. I wasn't even in the building. Where were you, Mr. Clark? You went out for cigarettes, but it doesn't take two hours to get a pack of cigarettes. I took a walk. It's a beautiful day for a walk. Uh Uh-huh. And why did you come straight here after your return from that walk? Why did you come to this empty office? Because you were afraid someone might find this match folder? Mr. Chameleon, you can't pin a thing on me, not a thing. Mm. You sound like Colette. She said exactly the same thing. Colette, there's someone you ought to keep your eye on instead of hounding me. There's the girl you're after. Ask her why Madame Lubin came to see her every Friday, every Friday, mind you, when supposedly they weren't friends. Hmm. Mr. Clark, why do you think Madame Lubin saw her every Friday? Blackmail. Madame Lubin was blackmailing Colette. I bet my life on it. Oh, you would, would you? You dirty coward. Colette, so you were listening at the door again. Yes, I was. I was curious. When I saw you come in... This is not the first time I've seen you come into this empty office. What do you mean? Mr. Chameleon. What do you mean, Colette? Mr. Chameleon. Madame Lubin always told me she stopped in at Clark and Denby's office to collect Mrs. Denby's dressmaking bills. But listen to this. It was Mr. Clark who paid those bills. And in here, in this empty office, Mr. Clark, who is so good-looking and so much younger than Mr. Denby. And Mrs. Denby, a bride of only six months. Do you mean to say I've been playing around with my partner's wife and we were paying Madame Lubin hush money? Were you, Mr. Clark? Is that what you are doing? No, Mr. Chameleon, no. I swear it. And... Rose, Mrs. Denby will swear it too. Hmm. Beginning to look as if Mrs. Denby and I would have quite a bit to talk over tomorrow morning. And the following morning, at nine o'clock, Mr. Chameleon and Detective Sergeant Dave Arnold are standing before the door of the gracious Denby home in the East Sixties. And Mr. Chameleon has been ringing the bell impatiently. That Clark fellow looks like a bad one to me, Mr. Chameleon. Yes, he's hiding something, Dave. There's no question of that. So's Colette. I'm convinced now that Mrs. Denby holds the key to the whole riddle. No matter how she's feeling, I've got to talk to her, and I... Oh, good morning. Good morning, Mr. Chameleon. Morning. Detective Sergeant Arnold. I... I thought it might be you. Come in. How's your wife this morning, Mr. Denby? Frankly, Mr. Chameleon, I don't yet know. But I'm hoping she had a good night. The doctor gave her a sedative. Well, I hate disturbing her, So but... do I, but you're a policeman, Mr. Chameleon, and two people have been murdered. Though I still can't believe that Rose, my wife, knew anything about it. However, she's in here. She slept downstairs last night. This is the guest room. Rose! Rose, dear! Rose! Rose! It's Roger! Your wife a heavy sleeper, Mr. Denby? No, not as a rule, but the sedative she took last night, of course. Rose! Rose! Try the door. It's locked, Mr. Comedian. Rose never locks her door. Rose, darling, answer me. Mr. Denby, we're going to break down that door. Uh, Mr. Comedian. Come on, Dave, I don't like this. Okay. <laughs> Rose! Why, that's strange. The window's wide open. The window into the back garden. Rose is still asleep. She didn't even hear us. No, Mr. Denby. Your wife is not asleep. What? She's dead. Been stabbed through the heart.
Mr. Chameleon and the case of the elevator with the two bodies continues in just a moment. When you have an ordinary headache, fast relief is important, but even more important is gentle, dependable relief. And that's why it will pay you to always use genuine Bayer aspirin. For Bayer aspirin is one thing you can take with complete confidence. No other pain reliever can match Bayer aspirin's record of use by millions of normal people without ill effect. Yes, for the two most important kinds of relief, always use genuine Bayer aspirin. Because it's actually ready to go to work in two seconds, it will bring you the fast relief you want. And because it's reliable, you can take it sure in the knowledge that it will bring you the gentle relief that's important to your health. So whenever you're in pain, don't experiment with drugs that have not stood the test of time. Instead, use something that millions know from experience is completely dependable, genuine Bayer aspirin. When you buy, ask for it by its full name, Bayer Aspirin, not just for aspirin alone. Get the 100-tablet bottle, and you get Bayer Aspirin tablets for less than a penny apiece. And now back to Mr. Chameleon and the case of the elevator with two bodies. Mr. Chameleon was convinced that Mrs. Roger Denby held the key to the two mysterious murders which took place in the elevator of a downtown office building. And Mrs. Denby's own murder is added proof that she knew far too much about the killer. Now at Central Police Headquarters in the office of the Commissioner of Police, Mr. Chameleon, the famous detective, is saying, There's no question of it, Commissioner. Whoever killed Madame Lubin also killed Mrs. Denby because they were afraid that she was going to talk. The door to the room where Mrs. Denby was sleeping was locked from the inside. Whoever got in entered through the window. No footprints? No. Ground was dry. But she kept a diary. I found it in her desk. Uh There's a single entry for the day of Madame Lubin's murder. It said, I am so afraid of the scandal. I don't think I could face it. What scandal? A love affair between her and young Clark, her husband's partner? You're convinced that Madame Lubin was a blackmailer. Mm Mm-hmm. I have no proof, but I... Mr. Chameleon. Oh. Commissioner. Hello, Dave. Come in, Dave. Mr. Chameleon, listen to this. I checked on Colette, that dress shop owner, as you asked me to. Uh First of all, she served a term for robbery about six years ago. Uh Uh-huh. Go on. Second, she never carried money on her. Yet every Friday morning, the bank tells me, she's been making out a check for $125 and making it out to cash. In other words, Madame Lubin. It was on Fridays that Madame Lubin came to see Colette. Well, Chameleon, there's your proof that Madame Lubin was a blackmailer. Yes, Commissioner. Roger Denby is a first-rate textile designer. I've inquired around, and he's tops in his field. Now, young Clark is partnered a second-rate. It's very important to Clark that that partnership continue. And he was being blackmailed, too. All of them were in deadly fear of Madame Lubin. And since Mrs. Denby's brutal murder, there's even a greater fear. Fear of death. Yes, but Chameleon... I want to find out something, Commissioner. There's one little point that I'd like to clean up. If I do, it may solve this entire mystery. I am going to assume the disguise of a toothless old derelict. Cyrus Wilson, let's call him. A derelict? Yes, Dave. He's been paid a whole dollar to deliver a message, a threat of death from the killer of Madame Lubin and Mrs. Denby. I want to see how young Clark and Colette react to that threat. And so, later that day, we find Mr. Chameleon in his disguise as the old derelict Cyrus Wilson, the messenger of death. And first he shuffles into the swanky dress shop of Colette and smiles obsequiously as Colette approaches him. Uh, 
Uh, you tell me where I can find Colette. I am Colette. What do you want? I do not allow beggars in here. I, I ain't begging. I got a whole dollar. See? <laughs> Give me by someone if I'd bring you a message. A message? What message? You sure you're Colette? What is this? What message and who gave it to you? Can't tell you. I can't tell you who gave it to me. That's part of the bargain. Got a whole dollar, see? What is the message? Tell me. Unless you're careful, your turn is next. My turn is next? Unless you're careful. <laughs> Don't make much sense to me, but I guess it does to you. <laughs> is this some sort of a joke? No, ma'am. It must be. You wretched old tramp, get out of here. Get out! Lady, I, I said I, get I, out, and don't ever let me find you here again. And now Mr. Chameleon, still in his disguise of the old derelict, shuffles down the hall with Colette staring after him. And a few minutes later, we find him in the doorway of the office of Clark and Denby, talking to James Clark. Y you Denby? No, my name is Clark. Mr. Denby's inside. Do you want to see him? Nope. Want to see Clark. Y you're Clark, huh? I said I was. What do you want? Hey, uh, got a message for you. Somebody give me a dollar, bring you a message. I can't tell you who. Just give you the message. Here it is. If you ain't careful, your turn is next. What? what? If you ain't careful, yes, your I turn Yes, I heard is... you the first time. What is this? What is this? No, Mr. Clark, i just giving you a message, that's all. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. I'm just doing what I was paid to do. And later still, Mr. Chameleon, as himself, is coming up in the office elevator with Detective Sergeant Dave Arnold. And both men look grim and quietly determined, and Chameleon is saying... You got all the exits guarded, Dave? Yes, sir, Mr. Chameleon. Our building is closed. No one can leave. Good. The trick worked, Dave. Just one more little point I'd like to clear up, and I think Colette will help me. Here you are, gentlemen. Seventh floor. Now, remember, don't take anyone down. No, sir, I won't. All right, Dave. You go into Clark and Denby's office and join me at Colette's just as soon as you can. Yes, Mr. Chameleon. Colette? Colette? Who is it? Oh, oh, it's you, Mr. Chameleon. I thought it was someone else, an old, what do you call it, bum who has been hanging around here. What is it, Mr. Chameleon? Wasn't it terrible about Mrs. Denby? I have been having nerves all day long. I should think you would. Colette, I want you to tell me something. Why did Madame Lubin come here to your dress shop to work for you? What? How did Madame Lubin happen to come here? Was she sent to you by an employment agency, or did she just walk in? I, she just walked in, Mr. Chameleon. She said she was a seamstress looking for work. Did she give any other reason? I, I don't know what you mean. Now, think hard, Colette. Try to remember, and don't lie. Now, this is important, terribly important. Why, yes, come to think of it, she, she said something queer. It was quite a while ago, but I do remember. She smiled a funny little smile, and she said she picked my place because it was in the same building with Clark and Denby. Thank you, Colette. That is all I needed to know. 
Here they are, Mr. Chameleon. Oh, fine, Dave. Hello, Mr. Clark, Mr. Denby. What do you want now, Chameleon? I've had enough for one day. Mr. Denby, tell him I've had enough for one day. Uh, James, James, please. You've nothing to be afraid of. Mr. Chameleon, couldn't this have waited until tomorrow? I, I, I've spent the day cleaning up my affairs at the office. I understand. After your wife's funeral, you want to get away. But, Mr. Denby, I know who murdered your wife and Madame Lubin, that elevator boy. What? Mr. Chameleon. Mr. Chameleon. Do you mean it? Are you sure? Because I'd like to say right here and now that nothing will convince me that James is guilty. Mr. Denby, I have a motto, a very good one. The innocent must be protected. The guilty must be punished. If your partner, James Clark, is innocent, he'll be protected. If he is innocent? Yes, I know, I know, Colette. You sincerely think that he's guilty. I tried a little experiment today. I posed as an old derelict, bringing a threat of death. Oh, you mean... That was you? And you, Colette, believe that threat came from James Clark. You glanced toward the office of Denby and Clark with a look of the utmost terror on your face. But, Mr. Chameleon, you delivered the same message to me. I did, Mr. Clark. And you never thought that Colette was the killer, that she might have sent the message. You glanced over your shoulder back into your own office with the same look of terror. It was Roger Denby that you feared. Me? Yes, Mr. Denby, or Dawson. Ray Dawson was your name in Europe, wasn't it? I think you're out of your mind. Your name was Ray Dawson, and you had a wife whom you deserted ten years ago, and that wife was Madame Lubin. Madame Lubin? I discovered this, of course, by checking on her background. Madame Lubin followed you here to America, Denby. She had no way of tracing you except through your profession. She knew you were a top-flight textile designer, and she finally found you. Ray Dawson, or Roger Denby, they were the same. No, no, you're crazy. Meanwhile, I... you had become engaged to Rose Colby, the heiress. You married her. Madame Lubin blackmailed you both, and that was the scandal that Rose feared, that Madame Lubin would reveal the fact that your marriage to Rose was bigamous. This is fantastic. I suppose next you'll be accusing me of murder. I am accusing you of murder, Denby. You met Madame Lubin in room 707, the empty room on this floor. You quarreled bitterly. You followed her into the elevator, and in a rage you stabbed her. And then the elevator boy. Unfortunately, your wife Rose also knew the truth. You were afraid that she'd betray you. So you killed her, too. But her room was locked from the inside. You saw that yourself, Camille. It was a very simple matter for you to climb down from your bedroom on the floor above and enter the room where she was through the garden no, window. No, no, no. It's a pack of lies. I deny the whole thing. I am Roger Denby, not Ray Dawson, and I was not being blackmailed. Ray Dawson's picture is being cabled from Europe, and, if necessary, will bring some of your old friends over to identify her. James, do you believe that? I think he does, Denby, since it was James Clark who acted as go-between and paid off Madame Lubin. Oh, now, really? He suspected that there was something terribly wrong, but he didn't dare protest. The partnership meant too much to him. James, tell him it's fantastic. Tell him. Well... I... Mr. Clark, uh, just remember that Colette saw you giving money to Madame Lubin. That is true. I did. I did. So, um, tell me, Mr. Clark, were you the innocent go-between? Now, are you willing to testify that Mr. Denby gave you money with instructions to turn it over to Madame Lubin? Now, think. Think carefully before you answer. Your future will depend on it. Yes, Mr. Chameleon. Mr. Denby did give me the money for Madame Lubin. Why, you rotten little coward! I'll kill you! No. I'll kill you! Oh, no, no, you won't! Drop that knife! Drop it, I say, or I'll kill you! Yeah, that's better. All right, Mr. Denby. I arrest you for the murder of both your wives and for the wanton killing of an innocent bystander. 
And with these words, Mr. Chameleon concludes tonight's murder case. seek fast relief from an ordinary headache, neuritic, or neuralgic pain, use quick-acting Bayer aspirin. As you can see for yourself by dropping a Bayer aspirin tablet in a glass of water, Bayer aspirin starts to dissolve or disintegrate in two seconds. It does the same in your stomach, and because of this amazing two-second disintegrating action, Bayer aspirin is ready to go to work almost instantly you take it to bring you really fast relief from pain. And remember, besides quick relief, Bayer aspirin also means reliable relief. No other pain reliever can match Bayer aspirin's record of use by millions of normal people without ill effect. So when you buy, always ask for it by its full name, Bayer aspirin, never by the name aspirin alone. Get the 100-tablet bottle and you get Bayer aspirin tablets for less than a penny apiece. Listen next Wednesday night at this same time for Mr. Chameleon, the man of many faces, in The Firebug Murder Case. The part of Mr. Chameleon is played by Carl Swenson with dialogue by Marie Balmer from the original story by Frank and Ann Hummert. Music directed by Victor Arden. Your announcer is Howard Claney. Friends, there's a new toothpaste on the market that you'll want to try. It's called Lion's Toothpaste. And it's not just another old toothpaste with an added ingredient, but is completely new and radically different in formula. For this reason, new Lion's Toothpaste does what no other toothpaste can do. Yes, laboratory tests on scores of individual teeth prove that it actually gets teeth brighter. Two and a half to five and a half times brighter than any of the five leading brands. Brighter by far than any other toothpaste. So for a brighter smile, try this toothpaste that cleans without soap, polishes without chalk. Lion's Toothpaste. Listen for Mr. Chameleon in The Firebug Murder Case next Wednesday night at this time. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Welcome back. I actually like the setup of this mystery. Kind of like with Philo Vance, the story's only going to be so good, but if you get a good hook and some not-too-annoying characters, it can actually be a pretty interesting show. I had Rose marked for death as soon as Mr. Chameleon couldn't question her immediately. The moral of Mr. Chameleon is that sometimes later never comes. And that's particularly true of questioning murder witnesses. And Mr. Demby really seemed the most likely suspect to have killed his wife, and so I suspected him of the 
original killing as well. And I didn't even have to wire to Europe. They really wanted to surprise me. They should have had the, it turn out that the elevator boy was the target all along. But that's not really what Mr. Chameleon's into. Well, now we turn to listener comments and feedback. And uh, I got a nice letter as well as a Christmas present from uh, uh, Derek. And Derek included a PS at the bottom of his Christmas note. He said, Mr. Chameleon is like eggnog. He's good once a year. Then I will wait again till next year. Well, uh, thanks for the comment. It'll take a very long time to get through all the episodes if you go once a year with Mr. Chameleon as we're having new ones come into circulation. But I will say that there are some series, not detective programs, but other programs where I'm okay if I listen to one or two episodes of it, but I have no desire to go through the series exhaustively. I've talked about that a bit, like with some of the science fiction series, like X-1 or Dimension X. I'm okay, you know, listening to, you know, eight or nine episodes a year. I really have no desire to be a completist and listen to the whole series. Uh, And then uh, we have uh, some additional comments. This one comes... uh, coming from YouTube regarding the man who expected death. Jeffrey Rots, love your channel. Uh, it's my retreat into the enjoyment of time away from the serious stuff. Enjoy your pieces of trivia and comments on the episodes worthy of my subscription. And another listener writes, I am hooked on Mr. Chameleon. Well written. <laughs> Uh, Ronser uh, said regarding the same episode though this was so bad I laughed out loud should have been a comedy instead of a drama Uh, but Betsy countered with it is what it is I love these and uh, just another uh, comment on YouTube saying uh, that they enjoyed the stories well appreciate those comments And uh, now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. And I want to go ahead and thank Tony. Tony has been one of our Patreon supporters since March of 2023, currently supporting the program at the Seamus level of $4 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support, Tony. And that will do it for today. If you're enjoying the podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. And if you're listening on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and mark the notification bell. We'll be back next Thursday with another episode of Mr. Chameleon. But join us back here tomorrow for the conclusion of the Crystal Lake matter where... I slipped in the back and took a close look at the boat padlocks. Yeah, no doubt about it. They were the same kind as the one on Bixby's door. And one of them was missing. Yeah, Bill Jensen could be my boy. I hit the deck fast behind one of the boats and looked around me. It was a bad spot to be in. I was pinned against a wall. I edged toward the rear, then dove for the door of the tiny office. Then I realized my mistake. I'd figured that the office would have an outside door, but it didn't. I was trapped. Yeah, it looked like I'd just solved the murder. The hard- I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.